0: All right, guys, welcome back. This is Faye. This is Nick. And this is Creogs Over over Coffee.
1: Coffee.
0: Today, we have with us a very exciting guest. Uh, We have with us Dr. Adam Rosh, who, yes, that Rosh, founder of Rosh Review. Um, Dr. Rosh is also uh, an emergency medicine physician who did his training in New York, Bellevue Hospital, and uh, was program director for the Detroit Receiving Hospital Emergency Medicine Residency. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Rosh.
2: Hi, Faye and Nick. It's really wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. No. And thank you for taking the time to,
1: uh, come join us and talk a little bit about sort of your world in test preparation and other things. Cause, um, as we know, Dr. Rosh, but we hope to review for our listeners, you kind of have an interesting background story in terms of how you went from medicine to exam review.
2: Yeah, I, I certainly, I, I certainly do, but I think I probably share, um, more with people than, than not. Um, you know, in the world of entrepreneurism and business, they always say, right, if you could scratch your own itch, that's kind of the best thing to go into. So um, really, the the genesis of Ross Review started way back in undergrad college because it was there that I realized I didn't know how to learn, right? I mean, I had knowledge, I knew how to um, sit in class and listen to lectures, but I wouldn't perform well on exams and it took kind of a coming to Jesus moment where my GPA uh, was a 2.1 after my sophomore year of college and I needed to decide what was I going to do with the direction I was headed because it wasn't the right one and I figured out that it was really a few things going on in my life. One, um, as I mentioned, I really hadn't known, no one really taught me how to learn. But number two, I didn't believe in myself. And by not believing in myself, that led to a lot of insecurities and lack of confidence. So for the rest of my undergrad year, I, I swore that I would leave college with the ability of learning, being understanding how to learn Appropriately and well, and also to gain that confidence. And I set the goal of going to medical school. I chose something that if I told someone, they would laugh at me, right? Because who gets into medical school when you start off with a 2.1 GPA? (laughs) But I wanted that challenge. And so that's how I focused the remainder of my undergrad. And ultimately, I did get into medical school after two more years of graduate school. And what happened was learning and education became such a focus in my life that when I was in medical school, I became a tutor. And when I was in residency, I was helping out the medical students. And when I left residency, I went right into academic medicine. And it was only natural that where there was a time that I did so poorly on standardized exams. I remember my first MCAT score I don't even know if I've gotten the twenties uh, and the score is different these days, but it was r- really poor. But by the time I made it to medical school and I was taking the step one exam that had flipped 180 degrees, I was now scoring in the 99th percentile. And so I wanted to share that. I wanted to share that with the world because I felt like I'm just one of many who struggle through test taking, and most of the time, and what we've learned actually here at Rush Review, is it's rarely a knowledge problem. It's more of a test taking an analytic, a thinking problem, and not a pure knowledge problem. So, once I was a faculty member uh, at at uh, in Detroit, I started. Uh, I had asked the residents one night on a night shift. I said, "Hey, what are you guys going to be using for the upcoming in training exam to prepare for it?" and they were silent now this was you know over 10 years ago where digital education was just kind of starting up so i said you know why don't we create something really spectacular when it comes to quality content and do it in a way that we are now more familiar with with you know a mobile mobile app and online question banks and it was really at that moment that uh that everything started coming together at Rosh Review this was 2011 and from then on you know we built this first question bank in emergency medicine and ultimately uh started moving into uh some of these other specialties but uh the the real core here the or the real uh differentiator was um how do we do something that took on a lot of the same principles that I had used as a student uh, to go from a 2.1 GPA and in an in a, in a embarrassing MCAT score to scoring in a, a 99th percentile in a step one exam. And how do I apply that so that everyone else could participate and at least uh, have a chance on their end as well? So that's that's really the Genesis story. That's That's a real short snippet of it. But uh, that's, that's certainly how it got started.
0: I think we have like a kind of an insight from you because you were a program director at one point. And so, you know, one of the things that um, we wanted to ask you was, you know, when you were a program director, what were some of the problems that you saw in medical education for your residents or for your medical students? Um, and then how have you turned that around to try and address those things in Rosh Review?
2: So learning should be fun, number one. And residency is hard it's um it's a very taxing uh, on our physical and our mental well-being and some of the uh, things that we know we should be doing all the time reading engaging in in the knowledge part of our education uh, we lose that as a priority and you really have to ask yourself like why we've you know I, I think um, at the end of a day at the clinic or in a hospital or, or on a shift, the last thing you want to do is is dive into your books and, and, and study. But how can you bring back the purpose and remind people why they're doing what they're doing and to know that these are the most formative years of of our lives and our career? And so you know as a program director, i've I had three years with residents, and from day one, uh, I knew from my residency, I, re- I actually, let me, you know, back, back on day one of my residency, I asked all the graduating residents. I said, what is the one thing you would do differently now that you it was a four year residency. Now that you're done, how would you approach residency differently and resounding, you know, nine out of 10 said, I would start reading earlier in residency and I would be consistent with my reading and engagement. Uh, with the, with the, um, with the content. And so as a program director, as a resident, that always stuck with me and I did it and it made a difference. And as a program director, I tried to, you know, modify that and say, okay, how do we inspire and motivate residents to want to, uh, engage in the material rather than, you know, use the stick, right? Because oftentimes program directors are using the stick. How do we use honey? to really engage learners, to want to know more, right? It's this essential question of knowledge for knowledge stake, knowing that at the other end of that textbook page is a decision you're going to make that will impact the life of a patient. And you have to constantly remind residents about that. Any learner, you have to remind them why they're doing it and I think there, there was anything you know successful that, that we did uh, you know, as, as a program director, and there was a wonderful assistant and associate PDs, and the department was great, uh, was to keep that spark alive when people were learning and made them understand, you know, brought patients into conference so that they could see what their knowledge and decision-making actually uh, led to and save the life in emergency medicine, right? We you know, anytime you you make a you know, it's rare, but uh, when we do make decisions that I- impact life or death, we you want to know that outcome and you want to know, you know, the follow-up to that. So I think that is um certainly if that if it, if someone's capable of bringing that knowledge alive and getting learners to understand why they're doing it. That's I think one of the first and most important steps, uh, to engaging in, uh, in this type of content and studying.
1: Yeah, I hear a lot of the similar echoes of sort of our own Genesis story and you know, Creo's Over Coffee of like, you know, why we set out to do this. I think partly selfishly it was one of those things of like, we need to read more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> and I definitely said that as part of my residency exit interview. Um, that same feeling of I need to read more, I need to do more. Um, but yeah, you're right, absolutely. Just those decisions that we make on the back end too. I guess like that covers – obstetrics and it covers emergency medicine, like we've talked about, and there's a lot of similarities between some of those specialties, especially as you think about the decision-making and the breadth and depth of knowledge that you really have to know. Um, but you guys at Roche Review actually are, are in a number of different specialties and kind of encompassing the entire like preclinical to graduate medical curriculum, as well as allied health. And so can you tell me a little bit more about what you think makes for like a good studier or a good test-taking strategy, particularly for folks in the health professions that you mentioned
2: who are just so busy with everything else? I'll take a a stab at this in a way of focusing on what I think is a wonderful way to approach uh, knowledge and a topic in medical education. And it's something that I call layering, or if you understand how you interpret an ECG, uh, where you have precordial leads and you have limb leads. And this, the whole point of this is if you take a, a topic, it's easy to understand it superficially. It's easy to understand it from a single perspective. But we know, at least, you know, I don't know how many EKGs, uh, OBGYNs are looking at, but I know they're looking at them, right? You have to look not at them. Not very many. So <laughs> you, that's right. No, not many. But, um, You can imagine that if you only looked at one limb lead or one lead in EKG, you're getting a very limited perspective of that individual's heart. And that is the exact same approach in medical education. If you approach a topic by just looking at it in a singular way, you're not really going to be able to build connections and you're going to be memorizing instead of comprehending content. So the way this is a universal concept in that, you know, I want to take a topic in medical education and splice it every which way. I want to look at the precordial leads. I want to look at the limb leads so that I have a three-dimensional view of that topic so that I can now link it to the other things that I'm working on. So the number one reason why people don't do well on exams and I've studied failure for the last five or seven years. My focus has been on why people don't pass exams. It's due to this thing called an illusion of knowing. So people could read a textbook. They could understand a fact. They could regurgitate the fact and they you could, you could, you could ask them a singular question on it, but the minute you remove, the minute you change the context of that piece of information, They no longer can make the connection and end up getting it wrong and get it wrong on the exam. So the way to, and so you're fooling yourself. It's a false sense of security, right? It's an illusion of knowing you go into the exam thinking that you know it and then you leave not doing as well as you wanted, or you feel, you feel like, wow, I I was not prepared for that. So yeah, the content that, that I've always tried to build is the same across all specialties. It's how do you take the core and surround it with supporting information, looking at different angles of that topic so that in any context, you could try, you will be able to recall that. Uh, We, you know, will try and ask questions from multiple angles. One may be how do you diagnose this condition? One may be how you manage this condition, right? And it always links up. It always creates a bridge between the, the, this type of um, these topics. And the more and more you do that, the more you become proficient in understanding that knowledge. And ultimately, right, the, is bringing that to the bedside. How do you take that knowledge and apply it to the patient or vice versa, how do you take an interaction with a patient and then think about it as you're studying that information, that creates a very strong synapse in your brain and allows you to not just regurgitate from a memorization standpoint, but to truly comprehend. And that's really the goal as physicians, right? as caretakers of individuals. I want my physician to not m- have a memorization that, of you know facts, but to comprehend so that when something unusual comes up, they're able to handle that. And when we create questions at Rosh Review, here, we don't talk to our authors. I don't say to them, hey, we're doing this because we're trying to get someone to pass an exam. That doesn't even come up. Exam taking doesn't come up. You know what does? You're writing this question because someone's family member is either going to leave that hospital better off or worse off, and you could intervene by creating content that is gonna help that clinician make a really good and informed decision at the bedside. So that's the ultimate goal, and education should be seen that way. We should constantly remind ourselves of why we're doing what we're doing, you know, we often get, you know, exams often have this negative, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's certainly a burden in our lives for sure. They cost money, time, anxiety, all of those things. So how how do we use that to, you know, how do we turn that into something positive? And it's really, uh, about knowing why we are doing these things. And, uh, Ultimately, it's with the patient in mind.
0: I I really enjoyed Roche Review when I was a resident, at least, um, because I liked the clinical scenarios that were placed, and they were very realistic, and you could think about the question kind of like as a whole patient before you come up with your answer. So I know we've been talking now a little bit about how you develop Roche Review and kind of the way that it's being used and the way that it's being developed. So what about the future? Like, what do you see... Um, coming up for Rosh Review in the next you know, year or five years or even 10 years?
2: Yeah, the most exciting times are uh, still to come. I think technology is going to have a major influence on impact on education. Uh, we're experimenting with uh, item response theory and versus classical test theory. And the idea here is you can imagine if you have a question bank of just take 1,000 questions in it and you have a few thousand people who are engaging in that content, the number of data points or questions answered goes into the hundreds of millions, right? Because everyone answers 1,000 people answering 1,000 questions. and So when you start looking and digging into that, Data, You could start gaining insights into how people are truly performing. Are they truly having mastery of a certain topic? And you could start predicting how people are going to perform. And then you could start helping people to say, you know, you are quite proficient in this area. You actually don't need to spend time on this anymore. You got it. Like, don't worry about it. And that would be, I think, really helpful for people. We always focus on the weaknesses. Where do you need to spend more time? And item response theory definitely would help that as well. But what if we're able to tell busy clinicians, you don't have to focus on this anymore because we are 98.9% confident you are going to get this correct and you, you're proficient in it. So this is what big data is going to help us uh, to understand, and it's going to help us really to identify those people who sometimes may score high, but really, or may get a question right, but really don't understand it. The classic example is, you know, in classical test theory, if Joe gets a 90 and Jane gets a 70, we presume that Joe must have more knowledge, must be smarter, must be performing better than Jane, right? They scored 20% better. But with item response theory, what we're able to do is to say, well, let's actually look at which questions Joe got right and wrong, and which questions Jane got right and wrong. And it may turn out, that Jane was actually able to answer the more complex questions that required deeper level of analysis. And in the long run, Jane is actually going to perform better because she comprehends the material better. And it just so happens that Joe just was getting the easier questions correct. And when you give him complexity, he's going to get it wrong. And it's that type of analysis that is going to help us as educators really focus on leading people down the path of proficiency, allowing those that are proficient to not have to be redundant in their studies and to be, interestingly the word, right, proficient in their studying as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think this… Probably is tipping your hat a little bit towards what you think the future is in medical education. And it sounds like you're describing a lot of the things that you within our own subspecialty educational board, the APCO, Creag group, um, talking about like competency or milestone based education. Um, But I should just ask you anyways, kind of where do you see the future of medical education more generally? um, Or where do you think medical education
2: really needs to focus to improve? I like, I like a lot of the work that's being done around competency-based education. And, you know, I, I think when it comes, you know, we, we, see the pendulum swing back and forth. I mean, there are things that are going on now that 20 years ago, when I first started in uh, medical education, it was, you would never even imagine the things that are happening now. And it, it does go back and forth. And I think we have to just go back to principles right? You could go all the way back to Hippocrates. You could go back you know, to uh, understanding that we are caring for humans. We need the knowledge to do it. We need the humanity to do it. And how do you use both in a way that delivers the best results? And um, we also know that keeping Residents in a hospital for you know thirty six hours without any sleep is unhealthy. We know that now, so let's not do it, right? So what's the best way to to tr- to, to train residents when it comes to um, uh, sleep deprivation and and l- eliminating that? But the fundamental use of classrooms and small groups and you know even lectures like it's not going to go away. There are going to be people who go who are done with lectures. And then in 10 years, we'll say, you know, there is actually this way we could use lectures that is valuable to education and it will come back a little. So I love the process of trial and error of experimenting with different learning techniques. And I think the bottom line is you're never going to get out away from human interaction. So as much as online, there's so much online learning now, the human interaction is really important, especially in medicine, because that's who we care for—humans—and we need to be present uh, for them. So, um, I uh, I welcome all of the discussion, and you know, as as scientists, we need to continue to try things, look at the data, and continually improve in how we uh, educate and not be closed-minded about well, we should never do this or we should always do that. Let's let's try and uh, continue to, to, to find new ways and better ways to do things.
0: You know, we're kind of getting towards the end of our time here, Dr. Rosh, but I, I just wanted to say like anything that you feel like is valuable or that you want to say to, you know, medical learners and medical educators alike.
2: You know, back in October of 2018, I went back through my emails and I reached out to the two of you. You guys just launched, or it wasn't too far from it, Creog's Over Coffee, right? It was October? Yeah, that yeah. was what? 2018. <laughs> and so I I wanna commend you guys because anyone who's so dedicated and devoted to education for education's sake, that's what I'm attracted to, right? That's where I wanna be because you guys have a vision and you guys are out there because in the end you wanna affect the learner and ultimately, you want to improve patient care I think we're we're already in that right place. The two of you have been doing really wonderful work, and I commend you on that it's not easy to do, and uh, most podcasts last le- less than six episodes. You guys are on your third year and um you know, I guess i I would conclude with we should always challenge ourselves and you know, always just want to keep improving and keep getting better, be confident and comfortable with the unknown, and to use that as something that drives us for curiosity, to be curious. And society relies on us as physicians. It's a it's a real responsibility and an honor and a privilege to be able to care for members of society. And so we should never forget that. And always want to continue uh, to do our best there. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, Dr. Rosh, thank you again for taking the time to come speak with us today on Craig's over coffee. We much appreciate it. It's a fabulous conversation.
2: It's my pleasure. I am super, super happy, uh, and grateful that you guys invited me. Thank you. And, uh, it really an honor. And just as a reminder to our listeners, be sure going forward to check out
1: on our website, Craig's Um, At the top of every episode show notes going forward is going to be a Rosh Review Question of the Week that reviews one of the foundational pieces of the topic that Faye and I review in the podcast that week. So again, head over to CreeEggsOverCoffee.com, check out the blog post for that week's episode, and you're going to get that multiple choice question that's going to check your understanding.
0: All right. And I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. So once again, this is Faye. This is Nick. And this has been Coffee.
1: So guys, if you enjoyed the episode today, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever your podcatcher is, and give us a five-star rating interview.
0: You can find us on social media on Twitter at KriogsOverCoff1, on Facebook and Instagram at OverCoffee, And if you want to give us some support, go ahead and go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash
1: We have show notes for this episode as well as all of our previous episodes and those Rosh review questions of the week on our website, KriogsOverCoffee.com.
0: And if you have suggestions for us for future episodes or a correction for an episode, go ahead and email us, kriarctovercoffee at Mm gmail.com.